Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So good to see everybody tonight. You're such a blessing. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. And from the, uh, uh, the, the onset here, we'll kind of move through this first part uh, a little bit quickly. It's a little bit of review. But 1 Corinthians 14, 10, Paul says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. And we talked last Wednesday that that word signification means unmeaning. None of them are unmeaningful. All right, uh, and the Fenton translation says there are none that are meaningless. So there's no voices that are meaningless. There are no statements or words that we hear that don't mean anything. All right, there's no inconsequential words that you're hearing. That's so important because every word, Paul says, every voice has significance. And because of that, we have to be very selective about what we hear. Seven times to seven different churches in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Seven times to seven different churches. Well, we believe that the entire Bible is inspired by the Holy Ghost. And so those seven churches were actually churches that were in existence. And those instructions, those corrections, those things that were written to those churches are relevant for us today. But the most, to me, the most relevant thing is that he said you have to be giving ear to what the Spirit is saying. Amen? You have to be giving ear to that. Jesus said we should be hearing what the Spirit says. And so that's why we've been dealing with what the Spirit says. One reason this is so critical is because what you hear will influence the way you think. And what you think will determine your perception. All right? That, that's a law. What you hear is going to determine how you think in, in whatever area. All right? In Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And uh, verse 6. Notice that Jesus said, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Notice how he starts out. And you will hear. Well, Jesus lets us know here what we're going to hear from the world. This is what you're going to hear from the war, from the, from the world. Wars, rumors of wars, these different things. But then, listen, then he tells us what we're supposed to hear. Don't be troubled. I'm hearing this, but I'm supposed to hear this. Do you see this? Believers, 
are not to be troubled by what's reports of what's going on in the world, what's going on in different situations. We're not to be troubled. That's what the Spirit's saying. See that you be not troubled. Agitated is what the word means. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's the like a washing machine. You know, you put a, a load of clothes in a washing machine and that barrel agitates and it just rolls them clothes around and agitates the dirt out of them. Amen. A lot of people listen to the wrong thing so long they get all the faith agitated out of them. And Jesus said, you can't do that. He said, you can't be troubled. Now that's the instruction. This is not the focus of the message. The focus of the message is notice what he said. He said, there are things you're going to hear, but then there's something you're supposed to do about it. Is see to it that you be not troubled. Amen. The Woost Bible says, look, stop being alarmed. Wow. He says, for it's necessary in the nature of the case for these things to come to be, but not yet is the end. Stop being alarmed. Amen. I was dealing with a person one time, and they were into all kinds of conspiracy theories, and, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. Remember, we, I was talking to the staff today. Remember, uh, I don't know if, uh, how many were in church when all this happened, but I remember when the scanners came out in the grocery store. Oh, the church freaked out. Mark of the beast. Mark of the beast. You're, they're going to put a, 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 a code on your head or your hand. And all I could think is so you're paying for your food and they're going to boop, take, run your head across the... Now, I'm not making light of the mark of the beast. I'm, I'm just saying... People grabbed a hold of that. No, oh, I don't know if I want to go to that store. They use that technology. And, and, you know, the devil could use that. Well, there's a lot of things the devil could use. Amen? But, right? So I was dealing with this, and, and they just get involved in all these conspiracy theories. Here's the problem with that. It gets you thinking about on something other than what the Spirit's saying. Amen? Well, they're going to take this right, and they're going to take that right. Says who? What what does Scripture say? What does Scripture say? you got to stick with what the Scripture says. If you start chasing conspiracy theories and you start chasing things that bring anxiety into your heart and bring up questions, you're going down the wrong road. The Word of God and the Spirit never bring questions. They always bring answers. Anything that's always producing and providing a question in me is something I shouldn't be listening to. Amen. i got to be cautious with that. Because Jesus said, you're going to hear some troubling things. Don't be troubled. Right? Don't be troubled. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said not to be alarmed. Many are alarmed by what they hear the world say. And they act on that. And I'm not just talking about the season we're in. Folks, this, this has been happening for years, for hundreds of years. People will hear what the world says and get alarmed and act on it. Amen. I, I have one reference for you. Y2K. I knew a Christian guy that went out and spent multiplied thousands of dollars. I mean well over ten, fifteen thousand dollars to supply himself, water filters, long pallets of, of MREs. I mean, this guy, he, 
he could have held off the whole Chinese army. You, you understand what I'm saying? What, what was the cause of that? The alarm that he was getting from somebody else. He did not ever go to the Word and see what the Word had to say. Amen. And, 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 and so that's, that's what you still see today. You'll see people on television selling water filters and, and rations. And, and here's why. Because we're in the tribulation period and, and we got to be ready. Listen, if we're in the tribulation period, then we all miss the rapture. And everything we've heard and been taught and known for all these years is 100% wrong. I know you don't believe that, but there are people out there that are shaking in their boots that are trying to buy land in the desert and make sure they got non-perishable food items because, my God, this is the end of the world. It's the most peaceful end of the world I ever heard of. It's a bad season. But Jesus said, don't you be troubled. Is that right? In Luke chapter 21. Because he said, you'll hear of all these things. We're not at the end of the world. I, I know that you probably know that. But there are people that believe we're at the end of the world. But it's not the end of the world. Luke 21, verse 9. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Great earthquakes will be in different places, famines, pestilences, fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Now, Jesus said that when we hear what the world is saying, notice, it was not to terrify us. Don't be terrified. Why? We will live through perilous times. Might be perilous, but we'll get through it. Why? Because Jesus said we would. Amen. Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, they all tell us everything will get back to normal. You just have to refuse to be terrified. My point is, that's what the Spirit's saying. Don't be terrified. Don't be terrified. Doesn't mean you don't use good sense, but you're, you're not terrified. You're not terrified about it. Great earthquakes, famine. Here's the word pestilence. We talked about pestilence in our teaching on Psalm 91, which means a, 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 a disease that nobody knows anything about. That's a pestilence. He said, he, notice what he said. He said, pestilences. So this isn't the first pestilence and it won't be the last pestilence. Don't be terrified. Right? Don't be terrified. And we'll get into why in just a moment. The, one translation says, don't panic. Don't panic. Two things we see. There are things we're going to hear. And we're not to allow ourselves to be alarmed or terrified. Now think about that for a moment. If I'm told not to do something, then I'm under the assumption that I'm in control of whether or not I do it. My level of fear or anxiety is up to me. 
My level of peace and safety is up to me. It's my choice. Because Jesus says, this is what's going to happen. And then he says, don't be terrified. And, and, and I'm just going to say this to say it. And, you know, washing your hands, putting on a mask when you go somewhere is not evidence that you're terrified. Could just be good sense. Amen. If you don't want to, don't. That's up to you. But, but don't get over and feel like you're not in faith if you do. Am I helping you with this? Amen. And don't let the fact that you're doing it cause you to be more terrified. Amen. In Mark 13, Mark chapter 13, and uh, verse 7, and it says, And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, notice what Jesus said. He didn't say if. He said when. When you hear. Now notice, when you hear. Remember we talked last week that Jesus used uh, uh, the indication in Mark chapter 4 that there were two sets of hearing. He said there were people that hear but don't hear and people that see but don't see. And he said you need to hear not with these ears but you need to be hearing here. So there are things that come into your ear that needs to just go right out and you need to keep constantly be hearing what the Spirit is saying. And so Jesus said when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, here it is again, be not troubled. Why? For such things must needs be, but the end is not yet. Amen. One translation says that when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be stampeded. Now that spoke to me because of my, my, my past. I, I was raised in West Texas and uh, worked on ranches, rodeo, team rope. And uh, in a stampede, when you're driving a, a group of cattle, if you've ever experienced a stampede, two or three or however many calves in the front of that group spooked at something and took off running. And because cattle are herd animals, the rest of the bunch just started running too. They don't even know why. They're just running. Why are they running? Borrowed fear. Borrowed fear. The, the first two or three or four or ever how many got afraid of something and spooked and started running and everybody else just started running. Amen. That's why Jesus said you have to take heed what you hear. He also said take heed how you hear. Now take heed what you're hearing. Amen. Right? L listen, it's like this. If a person came in this building tonight and they walked very calmly and took a microphone and they said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there has been a fire in the back room. Uh, I would like everyone, please, to exit your rows orderly, and let's all exit out this uh, back door and side door, right? Mm -hmm. No alarm, yeah. there you go. right? But if he runs through the door and goes, my God, there's a fire, we're all going to die. Run for your lives. <laughs> right? 
Amen. Is there a threat? Is there something there? Yeah, but the way to escape it is don't be troubled. I never make good decisions stampeding. Amen. Do you see that? And so what people will do, even believers, is they'll listen to a different source, tell them about how bad everything is, or how bad things are going to get, or how bad things could be, and they borrow that fear and panic and run, and they don't even know why. Amen. You know, I was watching, I was telling the staff this morning, I was watching uh, the Victory Update on uh, Victory uh, Network, uh, Brother Copeland's Network, and they, they do a Victory Update every day, and they have news. And it's news that you don't hear on the secular news. And, uh, you know, do you know, since the economy opened back up, do you know they've added 2.5 million jobs to the workforce? Unemployment is at 13%. All the talking heads were said it's going to be 20, 25%. Oh, my God, it's going to be the worst thing since the Depression. It's not. I'm telling you this for a reason. you got to be selective about what you're hearing. Because you'll hear people tell you how bad it is, and you'll hear people tell you whatever. And if I borrow that fear, then I'm fearing, and I don't even know why. Amen. Do you see this? So a lot of believers borrow fear from the world and start reacting the same way the world does. That's contrary to what the, world's, to what the Word is saying. You've got to know what you believe and know why you believe it. All right, this is why I believe this, and this, this is where it comes from. Amen. Now, what the Spirit is saying is this. No matter what you hear, don't allow yourself to become fearful. And the key is to stay in the Word, number one, and to listen to the Spirit. Look at Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse 24. And this, of course, is uh, the account when uh, they came and tried to trip Jesus up uh, about the, the seven men that all had been married to the same wife and, and uh, none of them had had children. They said, now whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And uh, notice what Jesus said. Verse 24, Jesus answering said to them, you, Do you not therefore err? Why? Because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. Amen. Notice why he said they got into error. They did not know the Scriptures Amen. or the power of God. Amen. The con this concept of error is to wonder from truth and right reason, or to deceive oneself. To wonder from truth or right reason or deceive oneself. You, you see this in church a lot. I, there used to be a guy in the church I went to. Uh, he, would, he would stand up, and the, the pastor might ask for testimonies, and he'd stand up, and the first words out of his mouth is he'd say, Well, you know, it's like the Bible says. As long as the blood's running warm in my veins. And he'd go on. And finally one day the pastor said, does it say that? Where does it say that? That fellow didn't testify no more. Right? 
Because there are things that can sound good, but they're actually error. Right? They're error. And Jesus said that they err or wander from the truth and right reason, or they deceive themselves because, notice, they don't know the Scriptures or the power of God. Amen. The way to prevent being deceived is to know both the Scriptures and the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. In uh, 1 John 4, 1 John 4 and 6. Am I helping you tonight? 1 John 4 and 6. We are of God, he says. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth, notice, and the spirit of error. There's a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. People that think in the world's thought patterns don't want to hear the truth. Because they're thinking in the world's thought patterns. That's not just sin. It can can be in any area. When I'm thinking in the world's thought patterns. uh, For instance... You know, I had a person tell me one time, we were sitting at a table. And uh, now I'm, now I'm a, a preacher. I've been a full-time pastor for almost a quarter of a century. Longer than some, not as long as others. I don't know everything. I'm still learning. But here's my point. This, this is what I do. Right? And I was sitting there with this person, and the subject of, uh, of uh, same-sex marriage came up. Well, of course, we go by what the Word says. This person that doesn't know the Word began to tell me what Jesus had to say about it. Amen. And, and, and you know, the, the, the points there are just simply this. You know... Jesus made this statement. He said, when they were talking about marriage, He said, in the beginning, God created them male and female. For this reason, He talked about the man and the wife. Don't ever let the world form your opinion of what the Word says. Because you know what the world says today? Oh, Jesus preached love and Love and unacceptable uh, uh, or uh, uh, unquestioning acceptance. No, he didn't. He preached repentance. That was the first message he preached. Repent. Change change your thinking. Now, we know this, but but I'm using this as as a point to say people will start thinking that and they'll say, well, the only way that we're going to reach the world is just preach, you know, that, 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 that Jesus does love everybody and God loves everybody. But it also says this, that there's only one way to God and that's through Jesus Christ, that there's no other acceptable way to get to God except Jesus. Amen. I do not respect other religions. I don't respect them. Because they're not the truth. I love people. Oh my goodness, maybe, maybe I hit a sore 
toe there. Amen. No. I, I, I see those bumper stickers. Coexist. What? They don't want to coexist with me. Amen. No, we love everybody, but we accept one way. Jesus is the only way. Now see, if I'm not careful, I can start thinking, well, I don't want to offend nobody, and I don't want to this, and I don't want to that. Jude said this. He said, there are some people that you deal with gently, and there's some people you jerk them out of the fire, and you don't worry about what they think about it. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? Hallelujah. And if I'm not careful, I can, and then I'll get over in this spirit of error and I'll deceive myself. Listen, God's not mad at anybody. God's mad about everybody. God loves everybody with an unchanging, unquestionable love. He, he loved the world so much he gave Jesus. But the, the, the point is, is he's not going to accept Everybody, because everybody's not going to give their lives to Jesus. And in the day and age in the world that we live in, people are looking for absolutes. They're looking for black and white. They're looking for yes or no, right or wrong. That I believe that people are tired of ambiguity. They're tired of, of gray areas. They want to know what's going to help me change my life. Amen. Do you see this? And so... The way to prevent being deceived is to know both the Scriptures and the power of God. Look at 2 Timothy 3. Hallelujah. And uh, (laughs) we'll start in verse 1. It says, This note, also that in the last days perilous times will come. Great stress or trouble. Why? Because men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful or unholy, meaning rejecters of grace, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Here it is. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Notice what he says. From such, turn away. Hallelujah. Denying the power. Notice this. Jesus said, you have to know the scripture and the power of God. Amen. The Denying the power of the power to change, the power to keep, the power to transform. That's the power of the gospel. And notice, there are those that read a scripture and then they say, they'll read it and then they'll say, that's impossible. Well, it's impossible not to fear. I mean, you're telling me I have to not worry about anything? Well, the scripture said, oh, that's impossible. They're denying the power. Do you see that? They, they see the scriptures, but then they deny the power of the scripture. Think about this for a moment. How many believe that scripture 
that says the man was cutting down a tree and the axe head flew into the river and he said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the prophet said, Show me where it fell. And he said, Right here. And he put a stick in the water and the Bible says the axe swam. <laughs> that an iron axe head floated. Is that true? Did that happen? So what happened? Somewhere the power of God changed the molecular, cons molecular consistency of that axe head or an angel reached down and got it, or I don't know. But the Bible says it swam. Now, did the iron swim? Then don't, then never say there's anything impossible for God. Or you're denying the power of God. If you've ever seen anybody that lived their whole life for themselves and didn't do anything for anybody but themselves and lived a life of horrible, selfish sin and come into a service or watch a television program and in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or an hour or 30 minutes totally have their life totally transformed and changed by the power of God. You can never say there's anything God cannot do or anything you can't do if God's asked you to do it. Glory be to God. Hey, I'm the poster boy for this. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm the poster boy for this. I, I'm, I'm not bragging about this. I'm just telling you. You look on my wall. There are no degrees on my wall. There are no doctorates. There's no PhDs. I never graduated college. I didn't go to Bible college and graduate. But God put his finger in my life and said, I want you to do something for me. Will you step up and do it if I ask you to? And we've just been doing what God asked us to do, regardless of the impossibilities. Why? Because we know the Scripture and the power of God. Amen. Now, I, I hear that they may have proven this wrong, but you know, for years we were told that the bumblebee, his body mass was too great for his wings. Now, I heard somebody say they may have disproven that. Well, if they have, that's fine. But for years, people believed the bumblebee couldn't fly. Scientists said he couldn't fly. Doctors said he couldn't fly. Funny thing is, the bumblebee just kept flying. Why? Because the bumblebee knows more about the power of God than many believers. <laughs> Amen. Do, do you see that? So he said they will deny the power. The power exists, but they deny. What you deny will never function in your life. Ever. It just, it just, it will not function. Oh, glory be to God. I had a person tell me one time, that it was impossible. Now, they believed a different thing, and I'm not against this person. I'm just telling you what they told me. They said they, 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 said they, they believed that the earth was some other shape than round. Wow. All right? And they said it's impossible for there to be a spinning globe in a vacuum. Well, you know, you know Job said he spoke the universe into existence and hung the world on nothing. What he said. Amen. Well, here's the point. Okay, to the natural mind, it's impossible for space to be a vacuum and there to be a globe stationary spinning in a vacuum. But if you say it's impossible, you're denying the power of God. And I told them this you're denying the supernatural power of God. When you factor in the supernatural power of God, it's possible. 
But even beyond that, I really don't care. If I get to heaven and he goes, you know, son, you were wrong all those years. It was flat. Okay, I was wrong, but I'm still on the gold and I'm still in the mansion and I'm still here. Right? See, those are things that will get you off the power of God. What we all need right now is the working of the power of God in our lives on an unprecedented level. We need the Word working in our lives right now more than it's ever worked. we got to believe God's Word right now more than we've ever believed God's Word before in our lives. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Man, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. That's like eating mama's cornbread. Make you go blind. Your tongue wraps around your eye teeth and you can't see. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whew. So don't let the world or unbelieving Christians tell you what's impossible. My, my wife was in a, in a church one time. Uh, she had went there uh, with another lady and... and uh, uh, in any event, it was, it was somebody that, it was a minister that we knew, and, and they were having some marital problems and troubles, very well-known minister, and uh, uh, they were on the verge of really walking away from God, and so I, I say that to kind of preface this statement, but they were preaching, and they were preaching about uh, things that people do, believers, and Michelle was sitting on the second row, and uh, uh, he was talking about lying, and he goes, we all lie. And then he looked at my wife and he goes, right, Michelle? I lie, don't you? And she was like, no, I, I don't. You know, not, not intentionally, I mean, right? Not even mistakenly most times. But here, here's, here's my point. Don't let the world tell you everybody shades the truth. Everybody gets afraid. Come on. Everybody worries. Yeah. No, I, I can't let you tell me what's impossible. That's it. Right? Because where does that stop? If you start questioning one thing about God, remember, remember how people used to set dominoes up? Anybody ever do that when you were a kid or maybe even when you were older than a kid? If that first domino falls, the rest of them are falling. All the way to where? The end, wherever the end's at. I've watched people in my time in the pastorate start questioning things about the power of God and not stop questioning Him and go back and walk away from their salvation. Because that, that, it doesn't stop. The answer's never in the question. Amen. You know, when is this going to change? It's changing. The end result is not important. The, the, the important thing is that it is currently changing. Your situation is changing. Faith and patience possesses the promises. If you get in a hurry, you'll forsake patience and you have a problem. Amen. Oh, glory. 2 Timothy 3, you're right there. Let's look at verse 13. I'm helping you. 
And, and I'll, I'll share a story with you about this before we read this verse. We're, we're running early yet. And back in probably 2007, 2008, and I don't, I don't tell these kind of stories a lot because they're not as important as, as some other ones. But, uh, you know, I've, in 23 years this December of, of pastoring full-time, we've never had a church split. We've never had anything like that. Never will, in the name of Jesus. Uh, but here's, here's the point. I've had some people leave. And uh, one time uh, there was a group of leaders that they got disgruntled about some things. And uh, 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 disgruntled about some things I said. And uh, so they were looking for a reason to leave. They wanted to go to the bar and, 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 uh, and, and you know, go to karaoke and drink and, and still be in, in the leadership. Well, that's not going to work. And, uh, you know, if you don't want your pastor to know that you're doing those kind of things, you probably should remember that at that time he was, you know, you were a follower of his on Facebook. And your pictures came up. Anyway, I don't have social media. I haven't had it for years, but at that time I did. And, uh, you know, there's the picture. You got leaders hanging out, karaoke you know. Well, that's not going to work. And that, that was one element. Well, anyway, here's the point. They decided to leave. So all of them got together and left at once. So let me see, two, four, six, seven, six or seven left. Well, when they left, they took $3,000 to $3,500 a month income out of the church that we'd already set our budget up for. We'd already, Right? And, uh, you know, of course, we were believing God and, and doing some different things. But uh, it, it ended up where, uh, you know, I had to work some temporary work. Pastor Michelle took a job at night. And uh, uh, because, because the church is what was important. And so we had to keep things running smoothly. And uh, she would come and lead worship on Sunday evenings and then change into her uniform and drive to Topeka, Kansas, which is 42 miles from where the church is, and work all night, and then come back home and sleep during the day. She was on her way to Topeka and was just worshiping God. She was listening to a song by Marcos Witz called, in Spanish, it's Poderoso Dios, uh, Powerful God, and, uh, or God's Power, and just singing and, and worshiping God and telling God, I feel like, I'm missing out on my destiny. I feel like it's slipping away from me. And that's when the Lord began to talk to her about that domino scenario that I told you about. He said, listen, if you keep questioning this, he said, you're going to start questioning everything back up to and including your salvation and your deliverance. And, and, And that's what the enemy wants to do is to get you over there hearing what the world says, reacting like the world reacts, in, in whatever scenario, not just the season we're in. Uh, you, you know we've been preaching beyond that, but it's, it's still a, a season that we're in. But whatever comes, right? God forbid in November if the election doesn't go the way we're believing it's going to go. That's going to be a challenging time. But you've got to set your heart right now, no matter what happens, God's our source. 
God's our way maker. God's the one that, that does what we need done. Amen? Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. I'm not saying it won't. I'm believing it will. But I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Notice verse 13. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but you continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of, notice this, knowing who you've learned them from. And that from a child you've known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise into salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, or perfected unto all good works. Now, this is important because notice what Paul says first of all. Evil men, seducers, will get worse and worse. And they'll deceive and be deceived. Now that's not a shouting scripture, but it's a truth scripture. Right? Evil men are going to get more evil. False prophets are going to get more false. Right? But notice what he says. He told Timothy, in spite of this, notice, continue in the scriptures. Continue in what you've learned. Hallelujah. I was talking to a friend of mine one time, and uh, uh, he had been hearing some teaching about, uh, you know, the name, the name of God and the Hebrew name of God, and, and this person was saying that that's how, we, you know, uh, how we needed to address God and this and that and the other. And my friend said, you know, Philip, he said, I was thinking about that. And I went to the Lord about it. And I said, now, you know, Lord, what do I need to do here? And he said, the Lord told me, he said, listen, you've been casting out devils and getting people saved and healed by the name of Jesus all these years. Don't change now. Continue in what you've learned. Right? In Texas, we say, dance with the one what brung you. Right? That, that is continue in what you've learned. That sounds simple. But remember when the, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and they said, oh no, death is in the pot. The man of God did not freak out. Oh Lord, do CPR. Who knows the Heimlich? No. He said, uh, bring me some meal. Cornmeal. Nothing more simple than cornmeal. Right? Just ground up corn. He took a handful of meal and put it in the pot, and it says it was healed. It's, it's not something exotic. It's not, it's, it's not something fresh. It's not something you've never heard. It's continuing in what you know. Amen. Amen. That's what's kept me over the years, just doing what I know. Amen. Amen. And then he says this, abide or stay in the Scriptures. Notice that you have been assured of or convinced of what has worked for you in the past. Continue in that. Amen. I used to know a guy that he was always wanting something new. And not, not just spiritually, everything. He'd start something and, and it wouldn't get him the results he thought that he should get so quick, and he'd jump over here and do this, and then he'd jump over here and do this. He never gave anything any period of time to see if it was going to work. What has worked 
for you, stay with it. Because that's what you are assured of or convinced of. Right? Remember what the blind man said? They said, hey, the guy that healed you, is he a prophet? I don't know. But here's what I do know. I used to be blind, and now I see. Settles the issue for me. Right? What, I've, what I'm doing is, has worked. It saved me. It filled me with the Holy Ghost. It's healed my body. It's kept my family healed. It brought me out of debt that looked impossible. It's given me things that looked impossible. It's brought me to places that I thought could never happen. But it's just staying with what you're confident in and are assured of. Amen. Then he says, why? He says, Scripture is inspired of God. Or is God breathed? It's, it's, it's the Greek word theos, paneo. Theos, paneo. Theos meaning God. Paneo meaning breath or breathe. And so it's saying Scripture is God breathed. Or scripture was breathed by God. God breathed his truth into the spirits and minds of the writers of scripture. They didn't just write it because that's what they thought. The Bible says that they were moved on by the Holy Ghost and wrote the scriptures. That's why there's no error in the scriptures. People will say to me, the Bible's full of contradictions and I simply do this. Show me one. Show me a contradiction in the Bible. There are no contradictions in the Bible. Why? Because something cannot be God-breathed and be a contradiction. It cannot be an error. Yeah, but that don't make sense. Right, it doesn't make sense to you. There's no error, there's just things you don't understand. There's no contradictions, just things I don't know. Oh, glory be to God. Do you see that? The Montgomery translation says, Every scripture, seeing that it is God-breathed, So I match everything that may be going on with what the Word says. And then here's the key. Always take the side of the Word. Right? That's it. You may not understand it, but you need to be standing on the Word. I've told people teaching healing school for many years now, I've told people over the years teaching healing school, listen, your job is believe God. Amen. And if it's with your dying breath, let your last breath say, I believe God. Amen. Why? Because what a way to go. If I go, I want to go in faith. But my point is you're always on the Word of God. The Word of God is always progressively changing you, advancing you, increasing you, amen, prospering you, healing you. Right now the Word's healing you. Right now the Word's bringing victory to you. Why? Because it never stops working. Once you've spoken the Word of God, it continually, perpetually works. If you don't put a stop to it, it consistently works. It'll work from now. A word that you have spoken out of your mouth will perpetually bring you the results of that word until the day Jesus comes or the day you die and go to heaven if you don't stop it. Because it's, it's, it's the same effect that God had. Oh, glory be to God. 
So Scripture is what God has said. Amen? And so there is no error in God, so there is no error in the Scriptures. I remember one time a friend of mine, I may have told you this story. If I did, uh, uh, I'll tell you again because a pastor has the gift of repetitiveness. And, uh, but a friend of mine had gotten in a discussion with uh, a group of people that were uh, people that, that believed that Christians needed regular deliverance. And what I mean by that is that, that, that they constantly needed to go and have demons cast out of them. Well, I, you know, people will say, well, can a Christian have a demon or, or can only sinners have demons? You know, I don't get into all that, but I, I, there's, I know there's no duplex in my heart. I know that light can't say where darkness is. And, and, and I know that you can be oppressed, but uh, uh, I, I'm possessed by the Holy Ghost. And so it's going to be hard for another ghost to possess me. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you can't be oppressed, but this is what they were teaching. Well, he got into the fight. I didn't have a dog in the fight. But, you know, they were on the radio right after us, and they were a very charismatic couple, and, 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 and you know, so I knew there were people listening. So he called me, and he said, uh, he said I'm going to go, and he used the word confront, and uh, I want you to go with me. Well, I knew, I know my friend. He's in heaven today, Bill Wiggs. And uh, so I knew my friend, and here's what I also knew. If he's taking me, I'm going to get to confront him. So I made sure I had my stuff together. <laughs> and we went there. And, and I remember where we went. We went down to the Full Gospel Businessmen's Headquarters there in Kansas City. And uh, uh, we, we were there in their meeting room, long table. And they had a lady up front that, that she was the, 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 the head lady. And, and she believed that. And then they had a couple over here. They believed it and a couple over here. And, and uh, you know, I was just, I was really, I was just going to observe. And uh, the first thing that she said was she quoted the book of Psalms. She quoted it wrong. And she didn't mistakenly quote it wrong. She intentionally did it. She said, because she was talking about deliverance and, and the name of Jesus, and there is deliverance in Jesus' name. We cast out devils in the name of Jesus. But there's not one New Testament example of Christians having devils cast out of them. Not one. Not one. You understand? Jesus said, go into the world and cast devils out of people. Well, anyway, she quoted this scripture. She said, well, you know, the Bible says he's exalted his name above all of his word. I said, no, it doesn't. It says he exalted his word above all of his name. Well, she just looked at me. And then my friend said, well, what else do you have to say? <laughs> and so all these people were telling me all these things. They were saying, you know, well, this one has this ministry and, and this one has a deliverance ministry and this one. And they were naming very big name people, uh, people that if I named them, you would know them. And finally, I just took my Bible and I stood up and, and as nice as I could. And I plopped it down in the middle of that big oak table and I said, show me. Show me. Don't tell me what brother so-and-so said and bishop and reverend doctor and elder so-and-so and television guru. Tell me what the Bible says because I read 
in 1 John where it says, Whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, and the wicked one cannot touch him. Now, if that's in the Scripture, it's in the Scripture. If the devil can't even touch me, how can he possess me? I'm using this for a reason. There were people that would start thinking down that line of thinking. Oh, man, maybe I am possessed. Oh, yeah, I have been dealing with that a long time. Maybe, maybe I, I, I am possessed, and I need to get that cast out of me. And nine times out of ten, what they're trying to get cast out of them is the works of the flesh. You can't cast the works of the flesh out. You've got to kill them. You don't counsel demons or cast out flesh. Right? Now, I'm using that for a reason. There are people I knew that got caught up in that and started going through lists. Have, have you ever been involved in this? And have you ever been involved in this? And have you ever been involved in this? Listen, if you were involved in witchcraft up to your eyeballs, when you got born again, you were set free from it and delivered by the power of God. Jesus didn't give you a, half, a half-baked rinky-dink salvation. He totally saved you and set you free. Amen. And while they're going through that list, they'll say, now, now, uh, you know, in deliverance, things kind of happen sometimes, and you may feel like yawning, and every time you yawn, that's a demon leaving. <laughs> or every time you burp, that's a demon leaving. You know, if I sit here tonight and start talking about yawning enough, y'all are going to start yawning. It's the power of suggestion. I mean, you don't yawn when I'm preaching, ever, I understand. But what I want you to get out of this tonight, with even with the stories, is this. Is that when you start hearing what someone else is saying. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. And my phrase is this. You know, it's getting better. Every day is a better day. Every day is another day closer to normal. And I was talking to a person, he said, well, you know, it's kind of miserable. We got four kids, and, and we can't go anywhere, and, and, and you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, the, we don't have anything for them to do. They run around the backyard, and they don't have anything to do. And, I mean, I understand. I, I don't relate. I understand. I don't relate because I, I don't feel that way. But I, I just finally looked at him. I said, well, praise God, it's getting better. <laughs> he just looked at me. And I said, every day is another day closer to normal. Do you know he would not agree with me? He would not agree with me. You would agree with this, wouldn't you? This can't go on forever. We are seeing a flattening. And I'm not just talking about the COVID. I'm talking about the attack of the devil on our nation. Amen. Are you following me? You got to keep your mindset on what God said. Amen. The end result is the pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter unto a more perfect day. Amen. Well, let's stand up, shall we? Praise God. Thank you for being here.